green machine. We hit them hard, so they see green. We're big and strong, we're fast and lean. That's why we're called the green machine. We're the bad and mean. Great guys, and welcome to the NRL Fantasy Preview for the Canberra Raiders for 2024. My name's Jake and the host here tonight, and I've got Riley here to rip through this one with us. Riley, mate, how's it going? You're looking forward to our favourite uh, fantasy coach of all time in Ricky Stewart. And ripping through some of his choices for the season. Yeah, 2024, um, New Year, same sticky, I think. So <laughs> watch out for a few traps, I think, this season. Listeners, there's going to be a fair bit of action, I think, in the early rounds as well as a few suspensions. So a lot to look at here, I think, Jakey, and plenty of fantasy relevance. Absolutely. Um, before we start, though, be sure to join the fun on social media. You can see us at Talking League Pod on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram, and Talking League One on Twitter. You can find all our info at www.talkingleague.com. So, 2023, the Raiders finished eighth and bowed out of the finals in week one. Um, coming to 2024, they've gained Zach Hostings from the Panthers, so really good at back row signing there for the Raiders. Sim Sasungi is a nice little uh, versatile. Uh, 5'8 centre, outside back from the Knights. Morgan Smithies, sort of that workhorse from overseas at Wigan. And K.O. Weeks, so another young gun from Manly. Uh, 2024 losses. Obviously, Jared Croker's headed to retirement after a great career. Matt Frawley's going back over to the Super League. Brad Schneider's uh, moved on to Penrith as that backup 5'8 uh, or halfback for them. Uh, Harley Smith Shields has moved on to the Titans and the big one, Jack White, moving on to the Rabbitohs. Um, the first five games, they've got the Knights away, the West Tigers at home, Warriors away, Sharks away, and the Eels at home. So a bit of a mixed first five games for the Raiders there. So going to be a few interesting results. But um, we'll move into the Raiders for this season. Uh, what's your thoughts on Ricky and his Raiders, mate? What, what can you see coming up from the Raiders this season? Well, we look at last year, uh, Jakey, and there was a breakout star in that forward pack, and unfortunately, myself, TK, and a few others picked up the wrong one. So we all went straight in on uh, Tarpany straight up, and come round date, we're all been the Tarpany because the horse absolutely killed it, uh, a breakout season. But the Raiders' attack did continue to struggle, um, I think, and with the likes of a few youngsters coming in this season, such as KO Weeks, and if we do get some young blood, such as Chevy Stewart at the back, do expect that to lift and to spark the green machine because they are known for their flair and attack. So a few spots up for grabs, I think, Jakey, which is going to make it interesting. you got the likes of Seb, Chris, uh, and Corey Horse out for the first couple of weeks due to suspension. So a spot at fullback does open up there and a spot at lock. So if we touch on quickly the spots in the backs, though, I think it, a lot of it's going to come down to where Seb Chris is going to play, whether that's fullback or centre, because I do believe that the youngsters that they do blood, they're not going to blood them for one or two games. They're going to give them a consistent run at it. So I think that's one to watch uh, early in the preseason. You did have the likes of Rapina come out uh, and say last year when there was uh, a few games available at fullback there, he does want to just stay on the wing due to the fact he's ageing. So just, I think, it's good to keep an eye out on that, Jakey, because there is potentially going to be a trap there. And come around two or three, a 230, 240k player, uh, it can be quite hard to move from your side. And early on, you do want to be making a stack of cash. Otherwise, you become like me and <laughs> you fall behind uh, in the ranks quite quickly. So what are your thoughts there? I, I definitely agree with you there. And I think the big one, as you said too, was those trials. So getting a good idea in the preseason of 
where this site's going to line up, who's going, to, who's locked down which spot, who's won the race throughout the trials. Uh, I know sticky can be hard to read at times, but I think hopefully after a few trial matches, we should get some a better idea of who's going to get definitely at those spots than what we do currently. So definitely always keep an eye out for those trial matches coming up this season and keep an eye on the team list for them as well. So. Um, yeah, going to be a very interesting season for the race. A lot of fancy relevance here. So there's a lot of, uh, we're going to be using a lot of trap words this season, uh, this podcast, and a lot of roles and all that sort of stuff. So there's going to be heaps of change here. So uh, really do watch out for a lot of these players because there's going to be a few of them in your side. So we'll start off with our stud. How good is this bloke? In Jamal Fogarty, 637k, average 46 last year. Um, I think. Uh, he's been he's an interesting one. He's come up the last few seasons as a potential option, but I think this year he's still the halfback, but I think his role's definitely going to change because they've lost so much experience there with White and Croak gone. Someone's going to have to stand up and be the d- dominant player in the team. He's got a massive boot on him, so he's going to keep those kick metres, if not increase those a little bit as well. So uh, he's going to ha- have his hands on a lot, a lot of the ball, probably get that goal kicking back as well maybe. And, yeah, I think he's in for a big season. Whether he's got 10 points of values, another, you know, probably up for debate, whether he can actually reach that 10 points of value, get up to that 56 average, or if he's just going to be around that low borderline keep around that 50 mark. So what's your thoughts here on Jamal Fogarty and his role for the season? I think he's an underpriced gun, Jakey, and he's this mid-range that a lot of us do need to look to be picking up, especially with an early buy for both Cleary and Hines. So it's a gun half to partner them in their weeks off. You look at him, he is a potential to be a top five scoring half this season, I do believe, and he doesn't have an early buy and will not play Origin, such as the likes of DC and Munster there. So I think he's one to watch. There's a definite role change, like you did say there, with the departure of White and Croker. You're going to have a rookie at 5'8 there as well. So whether it's uh, KO Weeks or they do blood someone like Ethan Strange there, you're also going to have, whether it's Seb Chris, it was his first season at fullback last year, or Ricky does go decide to blood um, his son Chevy there at fullback. You are going to have a rookie there as well. So a lot of, I suppose, the attacking structure is going to lean on Fogarty there. In the dominant half, I've filtered a few stats. So when he's had over 300 kick metres at the Titans, playing with either Tanner Boyd, Ash Taylor or Tyrone Peach in the halves, he averaged 57.3 points in 2023, in 2020, 58.9 in 2021. So that's both calculated with the kick meter nerf as well. So definitely attacking stats at the Titans do mirror those at the Raiders. And I am going to expect a slight uptick this year as well without White in there. So I think in attack, project, projecting that Fogarty does play both sides, probably similar to what Penrith there do with Weeks going to play on the left and then the fullback always swings to the right. So I think he does get the goal kicking back there as well. And there's definitely value there. And I'm going to try to get him in my starting side come round one, I think. So is this going to be a role, this uh, half strategy, a bit like Corb's mid-strategy of last year? Are you going to stack up on Fogarty as well as a Cleary and a Hines potentially? going to have three gun... Is that the is that the plan, three gun halves? I think so. I nearly put three mid in three halves. Uh, <laughs> might be the strategy, I think. I'll have to get Corb's on board because he trapped me at the start of last year. With his mid-strategy, so maybe a half strategy coming up. So, But yeah, I think for me, I, I think he's definitely good that, as you said, good value option. He's definitely undervalued somewhat. But uh, definitely a question of how much value is the, uh, the point there. So for me, I think I've currently got – I don't have it in my side currently. I do have Hines and Cleary, but 
might have to see after this podcast, might have to swap one of those guys out, make a little cash out and, and see what we can do there. So, but yeah, great option, Jamal Fogarty, probably one of those standout studs, um, along with, you know, your Tarpanes and your Horsburghs when he's back there for the Raiders. No, 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 no. Uh, moving on to our dud. So um, this is a guy who used to be pretty good at fantasy, but similar ilk to a lot of guys going around the moment, getting a little bit older with age, and that's Elliot Whitehead, 569K. I think it's going to be his last season. He retired from international footy, and so it looks like this season he might be retiring as well from regular footy, but we'll see how that goes. Average 41 last year. Uh, pretty much price at what I think he's going to, he's going to score at. So... Just doesn't really have that attacking flair anymore. He's still pretty good ball playing wise, still very experienced, great defender, but just doesn't get those, you know, boom fancy stats that we sort of like from our back rowers. What's your thoughts on Elliot Whitehead and why is he done? I think he's an aging player, Jake, and it's pretty straightforward. You look at his price there as well, 569k. It's a mid-ranger that's not going to go on and be a keeper. So you're either going to have that 40-point scorer who's going to annoy you in your team for the whole season. You're going to have to look to use a trade-on eventually to upgrade to someone like a Haas or a Murray or a McInnes. So I think just one to steer clear of. Potentially his role does decrease this season with the likes of Morgan Smith. He's coming into the team, play reduced minutes, and maybe even a hybrid role um, between the middle and edge as well. So Horse is going to play that 65 to 70 minutes um, still this season per week. And there's potential for Whitehead or maybe even Morgan Smithies. Um, to play that other uh, play that other 10 to 15 minutes there as well. And someone like Hosking, so I do believe we'll get a spot in the 17, plays 50 minutes there on an edge. So I just think it's one to watch. Again, check the trials uh, and just the rotation that the Raiders are going to use because I don't think there's going to be a, a lot of big minute forwards there. Yeah, absolutely. And I just said that Hosking, he's a, pretty, he's a very targeted signing here from the Raiders, not just some random bike on the sack here. But Hosking was getting a good run at the Penrith last year, so... Raiders have obviously gone out and actually tried to get a back row knowing that Elliot Whitehead's going to retire. So I think he might be the future plans for Ricky to have that second row spot locked in um, long term. So do expect, yeah, Whitehead's role to sort of sort of decrease over the season and Hossie gets and he, a, few, yeah, a few more minutes. He so. is a natural right edge too. So I yeah. think you have sort of hit the nail on the head there a little bit. He is a long-term plan yeah, for the Raiders there. For Ricky, absolutely. Uh, we'll move on to some cashy. So this is this section's going to be stacked, <laughs> Rob. Um, but we'll, we'll run through them all. So we, we'll start off with Danny Levi. Now, um, as you know, Wolford hasn't been contract hasn't been renewed. So hooking um, hooker spot up for grabs there. Two hundred eighty six k, average twenty last season. But obviously, you had a very reduced um, role throughout the season. Injuries as well. Um, it's probably a fight between Danny Levi and Starling there at 460k um, for that hooker spot. So both of these guys have been around the NRL for a few seasons now, fair, fair while. So they're both experienced players. They both have good – they've both played 80 minutes NRL before, so both can do the job. Um, looking at Danny Levi in particular, PPM was 0.61. So not the best, but, so, but he does need to get a few big minutes to have some value. So – what are you thinking, 40, 50 minutes? Do you, do you think he can make money at 286k? I think for Levi to have 10 points of value, Jakey, at that PPM, career PPM, we do need him playing upwards of 50 minutes. We know that Sticky has sort of shown his cards. He does like to share the hooking duties and select uh, one on the bench, playing that hooker roulette there. So I think the minute share is inconsistent as well, and it's hard to sort of get a gauge on 
um, what the split's going to be there. So we are going to mention all these players are cashies, but they can also <laughs> be all traps as well. So trials are going to be really key for the Raiders, I think, just to see what the rotations are and what the roles of players are going to be and this, what the significance of them really are. Absolutely. And, you know, you never know. Daniel Levi's playing well. We did see Josh Starling uh, slot into that lock role last year, that um, sort of lightweight um, ball-running lock that a lot of teams are playing. So you never know. Daniel Levi, he was absolutely braining it at hooker. Um, Starling could just slot into that role instead of taking minutes off him off the bench. So definitely a possibility. Um, and I think at 286K, I think Daniel Levi is probably more worth the risk than Josh Starling at 465K just purely because of that extra, you know, 100 what, 180k less you're spending. So yeah. if Dean Lever does get that hooker role, not as much risk as what you, you would take usually. So definitely want to look at Dean Levi, check the trials and um, see how he's out, what there is, and check his role. Uh, moving on. So we've got a few outside backs coming up. We've got Nick Kotrick first on the list. So he's dual position, center winger fullback, 261k. Uh, and average from 19 last season. One of, one of my emergencies from the end of the season, who, uh, he, he actually didn't do too bad. Like, for an absolute basement price of 220k last season after you know, playing for the bench most of the year, um, absolute basement, did pull out a couple of good scores to just somewhat be a lot of breaking case of emergency options. So what's your thoughts on Nick Kotrick here in 2024? He, he's a pro- well, not a proving keeper in the past, but he has had some really good averages in the past seasons when he was at the Raiders, absolutely killing it on the wing there, um, but just really hasn't got those averages in 2023 or 2022. Do you think he can recapture that form or do you think he's a bit of a trap here? I do think he can, Jakey, on the back of the Raiders' attack improving uh, in 2024 with the injection of these youngsters. I think you are going to see a little bit more flair in the green machine attack. The big, I suppose, draw card with Kotrick, though, plug him into your 18 to 21st man. He's got the centre wing fullback duel, which is going to be really handy. So one player covering both those positions I think is uh, pretty pivotal. Potentially not the Rocco Berry. Uh, that we saw a few years ago, we all picked up as that cover. I do think Kotrick does have a little bit more potential there. You look in 2020, average 37 on the wing for the Raiders, 31 in 2021 for the Dogs. We do sort of see a bit of a slide in 2022 to an average of 29 fantasy points there as well. One that probably did get hurt a little bit by the tackle bus nerf, uh, but he is a strong ball runner uh, out of their own end. The track record's there, so... There is a potential for maybe even more than 10 points of value. The regression in the stats um, there, though, is potential is potentially slightly concerning. Again, one to watch in the trials, I think. One to watch in the trials, for sure. And, yeah, I think it for me, I can't have him anywhere near my starting 17. No. If I do have him on my team, he's going to be one of those caches on my emergencies. But I'd say if there is a better center or winger fullback that comes up on team list, um, they can slot into your emergencies, probably go with them. But if there isn't, um, he's definitely one that does have that potential to make 10 yeah. points of value, certainly a fullback cover, and not not the worst um, you could have. So not a bad option there in next quadric. Uh, next up, we have K.O. Weeks. He's also DPP, half winger fullback, 252K, averaged 18 in 2023 from a few limited uh, opportunities. So what... What do you see in Kerry Weeks here, uh, Roy? He played 5-8 for Manly last season. Um, the one game he did have against was Penrith, and he got absolutely towed up uh, by that Penrith side. So unfortunate uh, sort of opportunities last year, but how do you think he's going to go here at the Raiders? I think Ricky's going to do sort of a similar to what a Bellamy and do and really just simplify his role. He's going to be a runner. He's not going to have 
any organising duties. That's all going to be on Fogarty. So look for him to make his 15 to 20 tackles per game, 100 run metres uh, and some attacking stats. There is 10 points of value there if he does get that start at 5-8 dual position, which is really handy, a late buy in round 10. So then you can look to move him on there as well. Probably means, what are your thoughts here? Can we go sort of three to four Raiders to start with? Just with that late buy, then we can. We do have time to sort of move him on down the back end. I think that's, I think that's a really good point you bring up, right? Because they do have that late buy, and most of these guys, right, they, they're cashies. So we're not, we're not picking up too many guns from the Raiders. So all these guys are going to be making money over that first five to seven weeks. So hopefully by round 10, pretty much majority of them have made their money and you'll probably want to be trying out every single cash cow from this team unless, unless you know, they're obviously after 50 and you, know, you keep them on your side. But I, I, I think this is a good one to, to take the punt on purely because of the rise. You said he's going to be a ball runner. He's playing in, the, in that 5 eight role. So there is purely on roll, there's 10 points of value there. So I think this is a pretty safe one. Um, very similar to Nick Kotrick, though. Are you going to play him in your 17 or not is probably the big question, or is he just going to be that you know, 18th being half's cover for you? You know, a lot of us are going to have, you know, your Hines, your Clearies, even your Fogarty's we've just mentioned before. So there's a lot of great halves, uh, keepers out there for you to have. So is this guy going to be in your 17 or not? And um, what do you have currently have him in your 17 at the moment? I do have him in my side, Jakey, but he is there sitting on my bench. And I'll just quickly duck back to that um, late buy in round 10 there. So I think by then we can sort of be looking to move our Raiders players on to a bit of buy planning there with round 13 and 14 as well. So could be smart, I suppose, if we do take a few more Raiders players. It does give us a stepping stone um, moving forward to our buy planning there. Awesome. Cool. So another one to look at, Weeks. A lot of value there, obviously. As also for every single one of these, look at the trolls, see what his PPM is like in this new side. But yeah, very, very keen on KO weeks ago. Next up, we got another cash in, Ethan Strange. So he's a center, 250K. Uh, got that nine score last year. Um, he can play 5 8 as well, um, as well as center. So he's a little bit versatile. Um, have you seen, what have you seen of Ethan Strange, mate? I know he's a, a great junior. Did he play in that New South Wales on the 19 side as well? Yeah, he did. He absolutely brained it um, that game. I remember Corbs was absolutely going off down there um, on the sideline. He did brain it. Looking at his New South Wales Cup stats, so he's playing more 5-8 than centre, but I do expect if he does get a start, uh, get a run in the first grade side, it is going to be through that centre, uh, just due to the fact that you will have KO Weeks there at 5-8. Awesome. So uh, he's going to be a very interesting one there. So obviously keep a track on the, um, I guess, the <laughs> pre-season trials, as we continually say. And um, But, yeah, do you think, I don't know, what sort of type of player is he? Is he going to be that tackle-breaking player um, like you, like we've seen in the past, like your Talakai's or your Je- Jesse Ramians, or is he is he more a silk player like Kroger? He's probably one of the Raiders' cashes I'm most worried about. Looking at his New South Wales Cup stats, he's got, Two tries, six tries assists. He averaged nine net tackles per game, so a lot of missed tackles there and 71 run metres. Not much of a work rate there. For only 31 fantasy points per game, so still a stack of value there, with which does give us 10 points. But New South Wales Cup to first grade is a big jump. Defending at centre is quite hard there as well. You've got to make a lot of decisions and follow in your inside man. So I think it's one to watch. He's a strong ball runner, not a workhorse centre. The likes of Val, Herbie and Talakai, who are consistently 150, 160 run metres a week. So I think there potentially is better value somewhere else who 
is more consistent and you're going to be, I suppose, more comfortable uh, watching week to week. Yeah, very, uh, very much agree. Check those trials and he may have even bulked up in the off-season. Who knows? So uh, we'll have to keep an eye on him and keep us, him on our watch list. So uh, next up we got, as we talked about in the start of the show, Chevy Stewart, uh, winger fullback, 230K. Uh, didn't play last year, so pretty much a brand-new rookie. Um, looks like he's got some really good reserve-grade stats here, Ollie. Can you run us through those? Plenty of flair and attack here, Jakey, and, like, surely Sticky can't be cruel to his own son. Like, <laughs> surely gives him a decent run. Nine tries, eight tries, try assists, five line breaks, 31 goals in 18 games, so plenty of attack there. 115 run metres and four tackle breaks. 4.5 tackles as a fullback. Expect him to make that with 1.9 misses, there or thereabouts. Average 39 fantasy wow. points, so... Stack of value there, and I think if he does uh, get that fullback spot, uh, which there is a potential for it to be, I think he's one that we do sort of need to lock into our sides. Definitely probably as an 18 to 21st man, though, to start with, maybe have a look at him for a couple of weeks. The Raiders do have a little bit of a tougher draw uh, to start the season, so a few of these outside backs might struggle as well. So just keep that in mind too, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I know a lot of fantasy seasons as well we do, so like I've been burning with the past, starting with drink for last season. You get these winger fullbacks that you paid massive overs for, same as your same as your centers as well. Centers and winger fullbacks, you pay these big money for these players that you know they have low floors and high ceilings, and they sort of average out at around that forty to fifty mark uh, for your keepers, keepers at center and winger fullback respectively. So um, these real cheap guys, they're great to start the season because you know you're gonna, they're going to be value no matter what. So you're not going to risk having a, a teddy or a drink water. May have a slow start to lose it, slow start to the season, lose a bunch of cash, and that's sort of the time you want to be picking up those sort of fallen guns uh, when they're nice and cheap. So I really like Chevy Stewart as one of those winger fullback options, value options. You could even start in your starting seventeen if you really wanted to. But as you said, they, if they get off to the bad start, you do want to have that backup winger fullback on your bench just in case it goes pear shaped and we get someone like a uh, Tommy Toya from last season. And don't want another repeat of another. Uh, Based on price, cashy that you don't have uh, replacement for. So, uh, yeah, definitely, as we say, check a look, have a look at uh, the trials, see how he's scoring there, see what his role is like and how he combines with Weeks and Fogarty in those trials. And I think we're going to have a lot that I'm setting close to the TLT. But, yeah, very, very promising here uh, from Chevy Stewart. Last on the list, we got our trap, and that is Morgan Smithies. So, I, I'll be honest here, earlier, I've not seen much of Morgan Smith. I don't watch too much of the Super League, if any. Uh, he's 520k, um, first time playing in the NRL, so he's really got that really sort of undefined sort of role in the Raiders' side. We think he's going to be starting 13 just for that um, Corey Horsburgh uh, suspension, so um, we'll see what happens there. Is he going to be an option for round one? 520k, can he make money in three weeks? I don't think so, Jake, and... Price at that 520 mark, you sort of need him to go on an average high 50s. And if we take a look at his stats here offensively, an average of 77 run metres, 0.8 of a tackle bust, and three offloads for the season across 26 starts. So pretty mundane there uh, in attack with an average of 37 tackles and 1.7 missed tackles a game. So pretty steady there from um, Smithies. He is a little bit of a workhorse. The main reason he is in this category, though, uh, is for the fact he is going to wear that, potentially he does wear that 13 jersey to start the season, but he is going to lose that to horse. So just want to be careful of it, thinking don't get suckered into it. Uh, just don't think the role and the output uh, based on history and what we've seen the Super League is there. 
at least three dating. We have sort of seen uh, with these English players that have come over um, to the NRL, they do often start off a little bit slower and work into it as well. So I do think he's one to watch. He could become fantasy relevant around the origin period. Um, but, yeah, one to avoid and at least give three dates, I think. Awesome. So that's what wraps us up for the night. Um, a lot of fancy relevance there, Rolly. Um, I think to sum it all up, there's going to be a lot of cashies in this team. <laughs> and as we said all night, what is it? I think we've got to watch the trials. We've got to watch the trials. So I'll be uh, I'll be tuning into a lot of Raiders games this trial. I'll probably get a uh, Raiders. I've got my Cowboys jersey. I'm probably <laughs> have to get a Raiders jersey and get all these uh, get these cashies into my team. So yeah, looking forward to it. Plenty of value here. So I'm hopefully a lot of you guys should out there should have a lot of Raiders in your team as well. So. Thanks, Jake. Riley, thanks for wrapping that up for us. And, um, yeah, we'll catch you on the next show. Thanks, Jakey.